Welcome listeners and guests to another edition of the Florida Keys weekly podcast. Thanks for showing up. Thanks for listening. Particularly you early risers in radio land, WKWF AM 1600 and our friends over at FM 103.3 here in the Florida Keys. I am Brent Myers, your host again with my producer. She's back, Mason Sellers. She has a new last name. She's married officially. If you follow our podcast, you know that was coming up. And uh, she is happy and married and back at the podcast switchboard telling me to get moving. And I will because we have an incredible guest with us today. And I'm very excited about that. Uh, For those of you who are listening on Spotify, Amazon, Apple, Podcast Land, want to hear this podcast on those platforms or more, you can also find us at keysweekly.com. That's keysweekly.com. And you can look back at all the other uh, fun podcasts we have done. Uh, This one is brought to you by Overseas Media Group, Overseas Media Group or OMG. Uh, They do websites, social media, SEO, digital uh, services here in the Florida Keys. Uh, They offer all the world of expertise that you need with the local service that you expect. They give you a call back. They're timely and they do a great job. So thank you, Overseas Media Group. And with that, let's get to to today's guest. Um, If I start giving you some hints, you will know who he is, but that's okay. Uh, He's an activist, conservationist, and he goes by one name. If you live here in the Keys, we are lucky enough to call him a neighbor. Uh, It is Weiland. He does have a first name, Robert Weiland. But Weiland is an an artist, conservationist. Uh, He has over 100 outdoor murals, nationally known or really well known as the Wailing Walls. Uh, They feature life-size whales and sea life and bring attention to conservation and the plight of those sea animals. Uh, They're featured California, Hawaii, France, Japan, Australia, Niagara Falls, Guam, Brazil, even China, to name a few. Um, In 1993, he created the Weiland Foundation, which helps children rediscover the wonder of ocean through art. Uh, And his work has been displayed in all of his galleries, Weiland Galleries, which most of you listening have either, either walked past or walked in. Hopefully you've walked inside and seen his incredible work. It's celebrating 45 years, which we will talk to Wyland about uh, their 45th anniversary. Um, he's considered the premier ocean artist on the planet. And don't take my word for it, USA Today uh, has called him the, mar- the Marine Michelangelo. Um, pretty impressive. And so if you live in California or Florida, you've seen his work on specialty license plates. Even He's even had a series of postage stamps with the United Nations postage stamps. Um, and at one point, it was estimated that Wyland's artwork was seen by over 1 billion people per year. 1 billion people per year. That's an incredible amount of people. Um, for me, I'm a doofus from North Georgia, as most of you know when you listen. I came down to the Keys and actually got to be a part of something called Moat Marine and some some incredible work they do for conservation here around Florida and the Keys here locally. And I saw this guy painting one day, uh, and all the kids were going up to him and the adults, and he was signing autographs, and he was making all these paintings for kids, and people said, oh my goodness, that's Wyland. And I said, well, that's cool. Wyland must be a really cool local artist and somebody looked at me and laughed at me like they should have (laughs) and uh, then I realized holy crap this guy's a big deal but he's never come across as a big deal he's one of the most humble uh modest and giving people I've seen down here I've seen him at other events I see his artwork being donated 
and raffled off for a lot of the nonprofits and civic organizations just here locally. I know he does that worldwide, uh, along with all of his conservation efforts that he does. Uh, just an amazing guy and amazing artist. And we, again, are lucky to call him a neighbor uh, when we have him here in the Florida Keys. So without further ado, and joining me here on the Florida Keys Weekly Podcast, we have none other than the artist and conservationist himself, Wyland. Wyland, Extremely honored to have you on the show. Yeah, Brett. Hey, we've been talking about it for a while, and I'm happy to do this with you. Uh, I just got back from uh, shows at the Wyland Galleries in Sarasota, and yeah, it's amazing how many art collectors we got out there. Holy cow, I think I have collectors in all 50 states and over 100 countries around the world now, so it, it's mayhem, but I'm very proud of you know the Wyland Galleries celebrating our 45th year anniversary and even more important uh, my nonprofit the Wyland Foundation celebrating 30 years of art uh, conservation and community so anyway it feels pretty good you know most artists that are successful are dead so this this feels <laughs> real. <laughs> well, you're far from that. You're a good-looking guy, and I see you around. And I, I want to. We're going to talk about all the important stuff and your conservation and some other things you do. But do you ever consider? And I didn't. When I've met you, I'm like, this guy's cool. He's a regular dude. And then, of course, later, I'm like, oh, I can't walk past uh, some city without seeing your gallery, or I see a post with you and, and Mick Jagger, or some other celebrity. And, uh, and that list goes on and on, but you've never been, you know, braggadocious about that. It's just people who support you that, you know, do you consider yourself a celebrity or if you do, do you know when that happened? Wyland? I mean, to us, you're Wyland. you're the guy down here who supports you're accessible. And I think that's one of the, your great attributes, but on the grand scheme of things, do you ever just step back and say, yeah, I, uh, I'm a celebrity like these guys. And, um, and, and my work is all over the world or, or do you keep the, How do you, how do you put that stuff in perspective? No, listen, uh, you know, I had a single mom that raised four boys by herself, so she kept us in line, and uh, she's still my compass there, Darlene, uh, back in Laguna Beach, California. But, yeah, she raised four boys by herself, and I, I remember she really had my number. She dropped me off at the unemployment bureau when I was, like, uh, 16 to get a, a real job because I've never had one. And uh, anyway, I got fired. I couldn't focus on the machinery. And the next day I got fired. Then they brought me in to their office. They said, look, you've been fired two days in a row. If you get fired today, this will be a stain on your record. And nobody will ever hire you. You'll be a loser. And sure enough, I was... I got fired again, and I was so embarrassed, though, I would go to the coffee shop next door, and this really cool, uh, you know, black lady reminded me of Aretha Franklin. She took me under her wing because I had no money, and she gave me coffee and a donut, and I would sit there for, like, the seven hours till the shift was over and pretend like I actually worked it. My mom knew I got fired, and um, so I asked her, I said, hey, you know, I want to go to this great art school called the Center for Creative Studies. Um in Detroit, you know, founded by Henry Ford. And I knew we couldn't afford it. So um, I said, if I do a great portfolio, you know, I, I think I can get a scholarship. So she gave me the whole basement to make a studio. And I also had a boxing ring in there. I was a welterweight fighter. So, <laughs> you know, like the corner, that's how I made some money. But anyway, the bottom line is, um, you know, I, I, I've never had to get a real job, Brad. I, I've been an artist since I was four years old. And uh, my other brothers were complaining, though. They said, hey, why? when's Wyland going to get a job? And my mom said, when are you going to get a job? 
And I said, I have a job. I'm an artist. And she went for the scrap. <laughs> hey, it sounds like you had some great women with great support. That's an amazing story. I didn't know that. Um, I think it's well documented that around that time you started that school. And of course, you took a trip to California from Michigan. If that story is all correct, I'll let you tell it. You see you see some some migration, some wells in that. Sure. So was your art, was it up until that moment? Tell me some more about that moment and what that was like. And then was your art geared towards animals or sea life at that time or was that the moment that sort of steered you in that direction well when i started painting at four years old i painted dinosaurs and jurassic scenes and i would paint the back headboard of our you know my mom's mom and dad were together at that time so i would crawl under the bed and use the paint from under the sink and paint jurassic scenes and dinosaurs and that nobody knew until they until we moved and they broke the bed down and said, oh, wow, I've been painting again. But anyway, so I, I was heavily inspired by Jacques Cousteau. He was my hero, and I used to watch the undersea world of Jacques Cousteau like our generation did. And uh, Disney was on right after, so every Sunday I would be glued to the TV. I wanted to be Jacques Cousteau, but I was a pure artist. So um, and we already have a Jacques Cousteau. That's what you find out later. But I started diving. I came down to the Keys uh, when I was 17 for the very first time. And uh, we came down here, uh, you know, on spring break, which it is now. And uh, I wanted to go off to Key West. And, you know, I kind of looked around. I stopped in Isle Morado. We went fishing, deep sea fishing. And I said, you know, this is a cool town. I could live here. And now I do. I actually live in Isle Morado near Mark 88 restaurant. And uh, thank God, you know, my tax guy said, you got to get out of California. I said, I can't get out of California. I love it, but I will buy a place in Florida if I can get one in the Keys. And I, you know, as fate would have it, I found a beautiful place right on the Florida Bay. I, I put a third floor up on top for a big studio where I make most of my art. And uh, the rest is history, as they say. But the other thing that was profound was my mom actually drove uh, my three brothers and I on a little road trip out to see her sisters in uh, Southern California. And the first day I asked to go see the Pacific ocean and, and uh, we went to the beach in Laguna and um, uh, two gray whales, a mother and calf actually were migrating their shore. And uh, I was like looking at dinosaurs. It, it had such an impression on me even to this day. But ironically, 10 years after that, that was 1971, 10 years later in 81, I painted a life-size portrait mm -hmm. of those two I saw on that day. And that was the first of the 101 ocean murals, the whaling walls. Yeah. So you, you're, you brought that up and that's so, I mean, that's so, uh, even to try to explain it, it's understated the whaling walls, uh, murals that you've done over 100 place, locations in the world. That was the first one at Laguna Beach. Um, you've gone on to do many of those. One of those uh, at one time, is it still the largest ever uh, that you did at some point on the convention center? I think it was Long Beach, Wyland, if I have that right. I think it was over three, three acres at one point. Um, is that still the largest ever? Yeah, it was a little over three acres, and Guinness Book of World Records came out at the dedication uh, after I'd been painting it for, I think it took me six weeks and about four or 5,000 gallons of paint, and they proclaimed it uh, the largest mural ever painted in the history of the world. 
the Guinness Book World Records. So it felt like it too. My arm was ready to fall off. But I actually did a bigger one now uh, several years later in Destin, Florida, which um, is five and a quarter acres. So if you're in Destin, uh, Eglin Air Force Base, they do flybys over it because on the roof I actually painted the largest American flag, a salute to our troops. That's, when you do that, uh, and we're on with the, the Florida Keys Weekly podcast with Wyland. And Wyland, do you, does anyone ever call you Robert or, or any other name besides Wyland? Or is that is that blasphemy? And then the other question yeah. is, when did you become Wyland? Because your brothers have to be like, hey, we're all Wyland, but you get to be the Wyland. Is there is there any uh, discourse there with the brothers on that on that name? Yeah. Uh, okay. I like my last name, and when I went to school in Detroit, um, if they called you by your last name, they were kind of disrespecting you, and I, I wanted to make the Wyland name a name of respect, So, I, and it was kind of a nickname. I always, you know, really liked that, you know, um, that first name just doesn't fit with my personality, so Wyland always worked, okay. and, uh, and you know, I went by it my whole life, and uh you know, it, it, it really worked out for what I do by land because I'm really ocean focused and water focused. Uh, but anyway, I don't know. You know, everything happened for me organically. Um, you know, I, I went to a great art school. I moved out to California, you know, after two years there uh, in Southern California, painted a bunch of murals. Then I decided that for the first time I needed to, to give back, um, you know, one of my, you know, big street art or public art murals uh, to bring attention to the plight of the whales, which they're having issues right now uh, with the right whales are getting run over by ships and things like that. So it's funny how everything repeats, you know? And um, so at that point, you know, there was a big, you know, effort in the early days to, you know, protect the planet, the the environment and and the whales. And I, I, I thought that art, could play a very significant role in that. And, and it, it, it's totally true that art and music are the two most powerful mediums on earth. And I saw it firsthand and I knew after I painted that first one in Laguna Beach, California, that I would have to paint more. And, and a reporter shouted out, Gordon Grant from the LA Times said, hey, Wyland, how many of these are you going to paint? I said, a hundred. And I always do what I say I'm going to do. So it took me 27 years to do the hundred. And then I painted the, the last one a few years ago, I added one more in Seattle on the Edgewater Hotel with uh, Eddie Vedder. If there's any Pearl Jam people out there, you got anyway, one here. Yeah, I'll take I'll take claim for one of those fans. Yeah, go ahead. I invited him, and he said, "Yeah, I used to climb up the Space Needle up there and and tag some stuff." And yeah, I'd love to join you on the scaffold. He said it was like painting with. Uh, he said painting with me was like playing with Mick Jagger and and uh, Keith Richards. Oh, he said man. It was, And uh, I had a lot of fun, too, because he's a wonderful guy. He brought his wife and his two daughters. And, uh, in fact, we painted, um, you know, whales that are known uh, in those waters, you know, off of uh, Seattle and added some new life-size whales. I called it the V-Pod, the Vetters. So I did a 30-foot male. That was him, his wife, uh, and the two daughters kind of, you know, on a whale scale. And, uh, yeah, it kind of... It was a heck of a lot of fun. It's probably the most fun you can have with your clothes on, you know. Hey, uh, Eddie Vedder, I mean, one of my favorite of all times. I've been to quite a few shows. So just you hanging out with Vedder on a scapel and doing what you love already is uh, 
just an incredible story to hear about. I know there's a lot of stories when it comes to you. It's, it's an everyday thing for you, but the stars that you uh, have come across who support you, um, it's pretty, get, the list goes on and on. And for people that want to see more of that, they can see on your Facebook and Instagram pages, a lot of that, that go, you know, in pictures over the years, I always have a good time checking that stuff out. The progression, Wylam, when you went from the early days, I guess to kind of two questions here is you were doing these murals. Uh, obviously it was starting to take form. How long before people like today, when you do a mural, how does that come about to people? I assume they call you now and say, we would like for you, for you to be here. Or are you always scoping out these different places, opportunities like the Norwegian uh, uh, bliss, the cruise lines you've done. Do these right. folks call you up or your people up and say, hey, we want Wyland here? Or do you still kind of scope these areas out? And, and, and when did, uh, and I guess on top of that, as you talk, when did the progression start to happen from, hey, I'm obviously, I'm, I'm really good at this. I'm a, good, I'm a really good artist. If people are taking notice of these murals. Were your, did your artwork begin to find its way into your galleries or other galleries and start to see the monetary gains from that where people saying, Hey, yeah, I, I know Wyland, I know the name and, and you see those things go on sale. Was that happening around the same time or was that, that later on from the murals? Well, the success was really starting to happen right around the first wall. I was doing the art festival in Laguna and, uh, the first year I was artist of the year and, uh, and, uh, you know, just, uh, just kept building every year with more collectors. And, you know, like you said, I, I tried to be a, a, you know, a good human being and nice to my collectors and the people I meet at the shows. And, uh, they never forget that by the way. In fact, I wrote a book, uh, uh called, uh, don't be a starving artist. And it was kind of to inspire artists to be successful, you know? And, uh, anyway, in the book, I said, um, one of the very first things I said is, you know, don't be an asshole, be a nice person, <laughs> you know, be a good human being it goes a long ways, you know? And then it's the, the last part of, uh, you know, I talk about branding your art and publishing and having your studio and your galleries and just every possible thing you could imagine, you know, agreements. And cause I've really lived, uh, lived it. And, you know, I've done everything myself. I have a business mind too, as well as a artistic soul. And, um, so I wanted to really write a good book for artists and, um, it was very powerful. It's really transformed how artists think about their careers today. It's the best time in history to be an artist because everybody's interested in collecting art. And, and the last thing I said in the book, and I'm very proud of it, is I said, if you have your family, your friends, and your health, you have everything, be grateful. You know, just trying to keep artists humble because you know, you don't get caught up in what people are writing about you, that you're so great. And people are telling you, you just say, Hey, look, you know, just, you know, a regular person. But I think what, what helped me a lot is I'm really a hard worker. You know, I watched my mom work on the line at Chrysler and my dad at Chevrolet and, and I didn't want that. So I knew if I was going to be a successful artist, I had to work really hard. And I still do. I get up every day. I write, I make, um, I, I write music, I, I make documentary films, but mainly I make, you know, great art, you know, painting, sculptures, drawings. Um, and I try to, you know, not compete, but try to innovate. I try to evolve the art forward. So I create a, a legacy for, for art and conservation in the future. 
Well, you, and you said that before that there's not a better time to be an artist, but guys like you and and women like you have really paved that way. You were doing murals before it was cool or necessarily as widespread as we, as we see now. I think now, like, you know, obviously we have the, the Wynwood scene here locally in South Florida and you go across the country and some, in some of these districts that are up and coming and so forth. And I know mural uh, style art has become a big deal. You were doing this before that was really a trend. I think you were setting that trend. Now you've got what Bansky uh, out there and people like that kind of household names that do these types of things, but you were doing this. Uh, was it as well? I mean, what was it as when you said, Hey, I'm going to do a mural. Did you see others around at that time, Wyland, or was it one of the, were you one of the few at the time doing that? I was 30 years before Banksy and I love the guy. I think he's one of the greatest street artists today, but yeah, you're right. I was one of the very early guys that was really throwing paint down on walls. Mine's maybe a little more sophisticated than some of the graffiti or street art, but I have a huge appreciation for it. In fact, I'm planning on doing, um, there's the number again, a hundred street art murals with Banksy and all the other, like OG Slick, all the greats. I want to come together and really theme it around conservation and the environment. Uh, really hardcore murals that really make people wake up to what we're doing with, with all the plastic and the, the oil. And so that's what I'm kind of focused on that. And I'm also doing a hundred uh, monumental sculptures in a hundred great cities. And um, the theme there is to do animals uh, larger than life in very public places. Ten of these sculptures will be underwater, so you have to dive or snorkel to see them. But um, I'm, I'm working on my third one right now, and it's going to be in South Florida, and we'll announce it soon. It's it's larger than life. That's all I can say. But but art, public art, is so powerful, and and uh, I'm going to keep doing it. I'm done with the Wailing Wall project, although I'm restoring some right now. I'm getting ready to go up to uh, New York to get that award, that Legend of the Sea award that they're going to present uh, um, Saturday. And then I'm going to be going into D.C. and painting one for the Smithsonian that I did years ago, redoing it, different theme. And then New London, Connecticut's going to get some sperm whales up there. So if you guys, if you go to Wyland.com, you can find everything I'm doing and where I am. And always happy to have people come out and volunteer or hang out. How, how, how do you do that, Wyland? So let's say you've got the thing coming up in D.C., uh, just a little place called the Smithsonian or in, <laughs> in London. Do you already have a pretty good grasp? I mean, you've done this for a long time, and I know the, the, the it. Yeah, do you kind of know how long I'm going to need to be in this location based on the scope of the job or the mural or the work? And, uh, or is it just once you get there, like, Hey, this is, this might take a day. This might take two weeks or how does that usually work? Well, I would just say when you work for free, you got to work fast. (laughs) Things happen really fast. I just come in, paint it. No preliminary sketches. I know Smithsonian wanted one. I said, I don't do paint by numbers. If you want me to do it, just uh, yes or no. Try to keep it simple. Oh, no, we want you to do it. So they want Hawaiian uh, coral reef focus, and that that's easy for me because I still live out in Hawaii, too, on the North Shore. So I'm going to do that. New London, they have a big history of whaling there, and so they want some life-size sperm whales. But it just depends really on the size of the wall, how long it takes. And uh, 
you know, I just make it work. I've done enough of these where it just becomes second nature. But again, the volunteers that want to mix paint or hand me a, a scap, uh, a hose or hold the scaffolding so it doesn't fall off the wall. Uh, it's kind of cool. So everybody's invited. You just show up. Well, that's one thing I've always loved about you, whether you're doing something internationally and the media is everywhere or just locally. And I don't think enough people really know how much you do. And it's probably for good, you know, because of your humility that you do when no one's looking uh, as much as you give back here. And in order, you know, just living in the keys, I see that on a reg- regular basis at these events where you donate work or you're actually there physically uh, producing work uh, to promote the event and their nonprofit or our conservation. A big part of that seems to be kids. You, you really have always seemed to enjoy having kids around you. Um, I think educating young people is a big part of what you do, even to the point of conservation. I know you partnered with uh, Steve Creech, um, who's uh, an author, and you guys went beyond sea life, and you do, you guys bring awareness for waterways, urban runoff, you know, pollution, different different uh, areas of uh, our waterways. Um, why is it important to you at this point of your career when you could kind of set back and kick your feet up and enjoy the, uh, the fruits of your labor um, to keep this schedule, this rigor- rigorous schedule you keep doing and uh, branching out even into more areas of conservation and, and educating children and adults um, for these causes? Well, thank you. I, I appreciate that, Brett. Well, you know, as an artist, you want to be you know, as productive as you can and, you know, and, uh, you know, I'm at my peak peak of creativity now. So, and also I want to be the artist that gave the most. So I do it quietly normally. And, uh, when there's an issue, I, you know, will create a piece of art for it and try to raise as much money as I can for different charities and causes. And one of the biggest things that I'm proud of is, uh, at every one of these whaling wall projects I painted with, uh, you know, kids and from dozens to like, at one point we had over 20,000 kids in 200 schools in Detroit. And, uh, so it adds up. I painted with almost 2 million kids personally, physically painted with them in, in the last 40 years. And, you know, I say, if, if you want to protect the environment today, you know, talk to us. If you want to protect it for the future, you got to get the kids on board. And uh, art is a great gateway. If you want to know what kids are thinking, you look for art. And, uh, you know, I've been a big believer of that because I had a uh, first grade art teacher saw me drawn in back of the class and asked me to stay after class. And we drew for an hour and she said, you know, Wyland, you could be a great artist and really puffed me up. So now... When I see kids or they come to the wine and gallery shows, you know, I put a little light on them. Yeah. It's amazing. what it's Your stories from, from beginning till now all kind of circle back to some powerful women in your life, whether it be the lady who took you in, obviously your mother and that teacher. Um, it's amazing sure. what those little things that make a difference and inspire someone like you. Um, you know, it could have, could have gone this way or that way. You could be boxing today. Who knows, Wyland? Um, so if that hadn't yeah. happened. <laughs> told me, you know, when I was doing a little bit of that in Detroit at the state fair, he said, I would stick with the art. He was kind of right. Uh, I'm a big boxing fan. Who, who's your favorite boxer, just for those who didn't well, realize this about you? Joe Lewis, of course. Okay. I love Tom, Tommy Hearns came in right after I did. And uh, so Detroit's got some great fighters, but I, I like them all. I love, love the MMA, you know, McGregor, obviously. I like them all. Um, I'm good friends with Dana White. So, um, 
Yeah, no, I, I, you grow up in Detroit. It's a tough town. You learn how to defend yourself. Hey, the good news is I, I never have to hire any bodyguards. There you go. Uh, well, if you didn't know that about Wyland, now you do. Don't sneak up behind him and uh, <laughs> take a. Yeah, I'm pretty elbow though because my I broke my hand so many times I couldn't really tape it anymore. Oof. But I got a good elbow. Well, those hands they come in handy for you. Don't don't uh, keep those things safe. Sue um, you when you're successful. So I basically just smile at them and. Yeah, I'm not a fighter anymore. I've just decided, uh, you know, since I left Detroit to focus on the art, I think it was a good decision. Now, speaking of your personal life, I'll I'll ask you this on the podcast. I'm going to spring it on you. Um, I obviously chat with you from time to time on social media uh, and on text, and I feel cool about that. I tell my friends, like, hey, Wyland, text me today. So, uh, but no, on a serious note, I do remember on the – Recently, maybe a couple months ago, Wyland, you had your car stolen. And did you ever find the car? Um, I got a call. I was ha- I was in Maui uh, for Christmas this last Christmas, and I got a call right on Christmas Day. I was having, a, you know, a little bit of dinner over there, and uh, this uh, this cop called me and said, "Honolulu Police Department, we got some news for you." I go, "Great!" And they go, "Well, don't get too excited." We found your car, uh, but it was burned up. So oh, anyway, yeah, no. auto thieves uh, came into my house actually and stole um, my nine uh, eleven Carrera. The only blue one in Hawaii, and, and also I have a black silver. I don't like I do here, and they stole them both and the keys to my um, to my uh, soft tail, my my Harley Davidson. So I'm riding around on an electric electric bike for a week you know but anyway um yeah the same car my car actually was seen at a uh, tow company and the owner called me and said you're not going to believe this i go what and they go your car pulled up last night and one of the guys got out jumped over the fence and stole my tow truck uh, just, if you're going to be a bear be a grizzly i guess huh man that's uh who, who does it right a, a tow company they got a lot of cameras Anyway, they they also had a tracker, so they found the guy, and they worked on him quite a bit before they called the police, if you know what I mean. Oh, Oh, man. Yeah. Well, hey, if you're going to steal a car, uh, if there's a moral to the story, don't steal the only blue one in Hawaii. That's never a good idea. Yes. (laughs) Uh, um, Anyway, the bottom line is, uh, you know, we need to really look at all these criminals and all these crimes and all this, like, auto theft it, it, it's a pandemic right now and the bottom line is it's easily solved you just put a tracker on there it goes on your your keys and on your phone and you track where it is and the police go get them the problem is the prosecutors are letting these criminals out of jail this guy had stole 20 20 cars in the last couple of years you know and they no bail just right out three hours later well there's not many i mean it's, it's sort of like the florida keys right well and you still a car in hawaii there's only so many places you can go. I guess you can I call Sheriff Ramsey. I got him on uh, speed dial. <laughs> I'm the sheriff here. And, you know, I was restoring the wall in Marathon, and, and Rick will tell you, our sheriff, some idiot just drives right through the whole crowd. I think it was a cab driver, just almost runs people over, me and the sheriff. And Sheriff Lake, oh, he was there one minute, and the next minute, he had the guy pulled over and uh we're a great community here that's why i love the keys man we're key strong we're always going to be there for each other um they had bay bay fest the music fest last night i did a guitar for david fetter 
and they auctioned it off, raised some good money. I, I love this community. People go, well, you know, you live in Hawaii and Laguna Beach. Why would you live in Florida? I go, this is paradise. Are you kidding? You tell those people. It. You tell those people in Hawaii, Wyland, that you're. This is your first home. We claim you here. Uh, we'll you we'll lend you to those guys, but this is this is home, and uh, we're lucky to have you. We're all inspired by you, and and you always show up. Um, and you don't have to, and you do it, and you give, and it's, it does not go unnoticed. It's, um, I think I speak for most of us here, or all of us here. It's very much appreciated, um, and I appreciate you coming on the show. I'll end it with like uh, maybe that we touched on this earlier. You you randomly threw out an Eddie Vedder story. I've seen you. I've got quotes from uh, most every former president that is living who's who's thanked you or said something about you. Even Vice President Al Gore, George Bush, Bill Clinton. Um, I know you're not a. I know you're not a, a person who's braggadocious or talks about the stars. But can you name? Can you tell us one story or one celebrity that really sticks out that you've worked with or has supported you that maybe surprised you or you were? Oh God, I've met so many, but um, I really like Paul Newman, mm-hmm. and I like Newman's own. I like what he did for kids, and you know, I just told him how much I appreciated him, and he's one of my favorite actors, Paul Newman. And he was so kind, and uh, he was in line to get me to sign a book for him. And I look up, and there's cool hand Luke. So Paul Newman, uh, Clint Eastwood, mm-hmm. um, amazing, amazing Clint Eastwood. You know, uh, when I met him, he said, uh, Wyland, uh, my wife Dina and I feel like we know you. And I said, why is that? And he goes, well, we have your art all over our house. And I go, well, I feel like I know you. And he goes, what do you mean? I go, I have your movies all over my house. And he started laughing and we just became fast friends. Just, you know, some of those moments and you wonder why these guys are icons. And uh, anyway, they're fascinating, you know, and most of them are really good people. Pierce Brosnan being right at the top. I know you. I know you have many, many of those stories, but I, I was, I was hoping you'd touch on a few, and I appreciate that for the listeners. And uh, and, and Wyland, you're an icon, so we're, we're again happy to have you, and we'll, we'll always claim you as, as our own here in the Florida Keys. He is none other than Wyland, uh, conservationist artist, and one of the most recognized in the world. Wyland, for those who want to check out more of what you have going on check out your art uh, and your efforts and maybe moreover support some of your upcoming endeavors. What's the best place to go? Yeah, Brett, I appreciate this interview and your team down there. Uh, Wyland.com, really simple. You can go there and you can find uh, the gallery, the online gallery. You can find out what the Wyland Foundation's doing. And uh, yes, I'm proud to be part of the keys. I'm not going anywhere either, guys. This is where, this is where I'll be. And uh, I'll see you guys around. You got it. If anyone tries to steal your car down here, there's only one road out. We've got your back, so don't, don't worry. And uh, Wyland, pleasure to have you on here. You're always welcome back. I hope you do come back soon. We'll talk about some other stuff you have coming up, especially when some of this news can be uh, revealed. We'll let the cat out of the bag with you. And we're happy to talk about that. But for today, Florida Keys Weekly Podcast and Show, Wyland, thank you so much. Thank you.